Welcome to Success the Last, a podcast that honestly explores the complicated topic of success. I'm your host, Jared Siegel. I'm a partner at DeLap and leader of our wealth advisory practice. During each episode, we're going to talk to a business owner, entrepreneur, real estate investor, or industry thought leader about their own experiences, insights, and observations as it pertains to life, business, finances, and ultimately fulfillment. Candidly, it can be lonely at the top. Our desire is to use this podcast to connect you with the ideas and resources so you can be better equipped to make more predictable, profitable, and rewarding decisions as you juggle the competing priorities of life, business, and money. Keep in mind, this is a podcast. It's not meant to be a replacement for your CPA or financial advisor, so be sure to check with the appropriate professionals before implementing any of the ideas. Welcome back to another episode of Success That Lasts. If you could become a more predictable, profitable financial decision maker, you obviously would want to be. So in today's episode, we'll be covering the topics of classical conditioning, dopamine, and predictions. More specifically, we'll be bridging the disciplines of neuroscience, psychology, and economics in an emerging research field called neuroeconomics. Neuroeconomics analyzes the brain's activity using advanced imagery and biochemical testing before, during, and after economic decisions. The hope would be that through science we can explore a more empirical, evidence-based approach to financial decisions. So let's dive into the research starting way back in the late 1800s. Let's start with Pavlov's dogs. Either as a refresher or a quick backstory, Ivan Pavlov was a Russian researcher in the late 1800s. He was using dogs to study digestion. What Pavlov noticed was that the dogs actually began to salivate in the presence of a technician who usually fed them, rather than simply salivating in the presence of food. He wanted to put these informal observations to an experimental test. So what he ended up doing was presenting a stimulus, essentially a ringing sound or a bell, and then gave the dogs food. And after a few repetitions, the dogs actually then started to salivate in response to the bell, rather than to the presence of the food. Pavlov concluded that if a particular stimulus in the dog's surrounding was present when the dog was given food, then the stimulus, i.e. the bell, could become associated with the food and actually cause the salivation on its own. What Pavlov discovered here is now called classical conditioning. Classical conditioning refers to a learning procedure in which a biologically potent stimulus is paired with a previously neutral stimulus. This insight opened up a whole new field of study that's called behaviorism. Researchers have been able to pair these insights with new technologies to dig even deeper and identify new insights in how we make decisions. And I believe these insights, if applied to our life, offer us an opportunity to make more profitable financial decisions. I find dopamine research to be fascinating. Moreover, as my understanding of dopamine has expanded, so has my self-awareness. Increased self-awareness has also afforded me the opportunity to improve my decision-making. Our brains contain roughly 100 billion neurons. However, well under one thousandth of one percent, or said another way, 0.001% actually produce dopamine. But this minuscule part of our brain wields an enormous power over our decisions. What's fascinating to me is how wonderfully powerful this predictor of our behavior is, and yet it operates silently without many of us even realizing it's there. Reed Montague is a leading neuroscientist, and what he observed about dopamine was this. 
you're probably 99.9% unaware of dopamine release, but you're probably 99.9% driven by the information that it conveys to the other parts of your brain. I love this. Let me just say that one more time. You're probably 99% unaware of dopamine release, but you're probably 99.9% driven by the information it conveys to the other parts of your brain. The brain registers all pleasure in the same way, whether it originates with a glass of wine, a drug, a monetary outcome, a sexual encounter, or a satisfying meal. In the brain, pleasure has a distinct signature, the release of dopamine. As scientists have studied our brains and our dopamine neurons, they've been able to demonstrate that feelings aren't simply reflections of hardwired animal instincts. Rather, human emotions are rooted in the predictions of highly flexible brain cells, which are constantly adjusting their connections to reflect our newest reality. Thus, our emotions can actually be deeply empirical. We are constantly learning, constantly adjusting. Sometimes we're consciously aware of it, however subconsciously. At the brain cell level, the learning is nearly nonstop. We're always learning, but rarely aware of it. Learning without awareness has been described as a biological imperative. But this wonderful survival mechanism can actually have unintended consequences to our investing decisions if we're unaware of it. As a student, more than a teacher on this topic of neuroeconomics, I turn to others for insight and knowledge. Jason Zweig's writings have been one of my teachers. Zweig is an American journalist and financial author. His book, Your Money and Your Brain, was a phenomenal book exploring this emerging field of neuroeconomics. I'll link to his book in the show notes. He did a phenomenal job curating some of the most impactful research in this field, and the book provided both inspiration as well as a lot of information for today's episode. In his book, he discusses how we love patterns. It's hardwired into our biology. Humans are pattern seekers. We look for clues and patterns and randomness. Essentially, our brains are wired to force us into forecasting. It's simply our biology. And in fact, Humans are born with what Zweig calls the prediction addiction. In purely evolutionary terms, it's easy to understand the origin of why we consistently forecast safety versus decision through this prediction addiction. The downside of a forecast that misses danger is far higher than a downside of forecasting something that isn't really there. You can imagine if you're on the plains of the Serengeti there was probably no harm in confusing false alarms with real ones. Mistaking grass for a lion is far more survivable than mistaking a lion for grass. By and large, it's better to have a system that's overly sensitive and makes mistakes than one that's unresponsive to potential threats. So seeing patterns where there aren't any isn't surprising. However, when you attach this tendency to a brain that's evolved to seek meaning and explanations for everything, even when the events are completely random, you get all sorts of unexpected consequences. In the book, Your Money and Your Brain, it highlights the real-world financial implications of our collective prediction addiction. Researchers experimented with people, rats, and pigeons. In this experiment, two lights could be flashed. One was green, the other was red. The red light flashed 20% of the time. The green light flashed 80% of the time. The order of the flashing was completely random. However, the human subjects were told this. They were told that the flashing would be random. So the object of the experiment was to guess which colored light would flash next. 
From a purely statistical level, the optimal strategy is to guess green every time. You would be right 80% of the time. Rats and pigeons quickly learned to select green all of the time. People, not so much. People still try to guess when the light will flash red versus green, even though they were instructed it was completely random. They still look for clues and patterns in the midst of complete randomness. On average, people guess green about four-fifths of the time and red one-fifth of the time. Trying to guess when the light would flash red drops people's accuracy down to about 68%. Interestingly, people tend to actually get worse as the guessing gets longer or deeper into the game. In the book, Zweig summarized it this way. Unlike other animals, humans believe we're smart enough to forecast the future, even when it's been explicitly told to us it's unpredictable. In a profound evolutionary paradox, it's precisely our higher intelligence that leads us to score lower on the kind of task that rats and pigeons can excel at. That study actually dovetails nicely into another study that offered unexpected results at Fidelity. There was an internal performance review of accounts to determine which type of investors received the best returns between 2003 and 2013. The customer account audit revealed that the best investors were either dead or inactive. The people who switched jobs and forgot about their old 401k left the investments in place, or the people who died and their assets were frozen while the estate was handled. One common connection between these two different populations of investors was that they were able to escape the downside that the prediction addiction creates by attempting to forecast the future. Wolfram Schultz is a neurophysiologist at the University of Cambridge in England. Schultz studies the workings of dopamine, the brain chemical that gives us the feeling of a natural high. Dopamine is what makes us feel great when our investment goes up, and neurons transmit the chemicals to many parts of our brains. Our brain loves long shots. The less likely or less predictable a reward is, the more active our dopamine neurons become and the longer that they fire, flooding our brains with a soft euphoria. That positive reinforcement creates a special kind of attention dedicated to rewards. Rewards are what keep us coming back and looking for more. The dopamine rush that we get from a long shot might help explain why we play the lottery, invest in startups, invest in IPOs, or even chase the most recent cryptocurrency fad. The prospect of this euphoric effect prevents us from focusing on how small the odds of winning big actually are. A team of researchers led by Harvard's Hans Breeder found a striking similarity between the brains of people trying to predict financial rewards and the brains of cocaine addicts or morphine users. In effect, as investors, we get stoned on our own belief that we know what's coming. As time passes, we may get more of a dopamine high from predicting a coming gain than from earning the gain itself. If we want to be more in control of our financial decisions, Neuroeconomics would suggest it actually starts when we realize how much we are not in control. Psychologist Gary Klein is a pioneer in naturalistic decision-making models of expertise. Naturalistic decision-making researchers observe expert performers in their natural course of work to learn how they make high-stakes decisions under pressure. Klein has shown that experts in a variety of fields make decisions similar to world-class chess players. They intrinsically recognize patterns. One of Klein's subjects is Gary Kasparov. Gary Kasparov is one of the greatest chess players in history. He explained his decision-making for a move this way. I see a move, 
a combination almost instantly. What Kasparov is implying is his decision is based upon patterns that he's seen before. Here's the catch. Subsequent research has also demonstrated that a lot of experience doesn't always translate into more expertise. In a collaborative research project, Gary Klein worked with Nobel laureate Daniel Kahneman, and collectively they discovered that experience didn't universally equal expertise. Expertise depended entirely upon the domain in question. Domains like chess, poker, even golf, where there's a finite set of rules and, and a recurring set of patterns, those were the domains that translated into expertise with experience. In more complex, multivariant, ever-evolving domains like economic predictions, experience did not translate into expertise. The economic experts that we love to listen to or read are frequently useless at making accurate predictions about their specific area of expertise. Case in point, during the Cold War, forecasting expert Philip Tetlock gathered the predictions of 284 experts and assessed them. His shocking conclusion was, your average expert is horrible at predicting anything. It didn't even make a difference in how many years of experience the expert had or even access to information that was classified. When an expert said something wasn't possible, it happened 15% of the time. And when an expert predicted an event was going to happen for sure, it failed to happen 25% of the time. Tetlock even found that the more famous an expert was, the less accurate they were. The more a particular expert was actually on the news, the more likely it would be that they were wrong. There was actually an inverse relationship between fame and accuracy. The next time we're flipping through our news feed and we're overwhelmed with the inevitable clickbait economic predictions of experts, let's take their predictions with a grain of salt. Let's first acknowledge that at a biological level within our brains, we're attracted to those predictions. It feeds our prediction addiction. Next, let's acknowledge that there's decades of empirical data and peer-reviewed research that has been replicated and confirmed over and over again that demonstrates that economic predictions are worthless. If we wanna be more in control of our financial decisions, it starts when we acknowledge or realize how much we're not actually in control. As neuroscientist Reed Montague shared, you're probably 99.9% .9 unaware of dopamine release, but you're probably 99.9% .9 driven by the information it conveys to the other parts of your brain. Understanding how dopamine influences our financial decisions is an important first step to becoming a more predictable and profitable financial decision maker. So hopefully you've really enjoyed the past 15 minutes, this preview into the field of neuroeconomics. You know, to base level, DeLap really exists to create clarity and confidence for client decisions. And it really felt like this topic or domain was really applicable. I hope you have a greater understanding of how dopamine silently and invisibly conveys information that could accidentally be harming our financial decisions and why we're so naturally wired to make predictions or to seek them out. They're very natural and yet they are objectively not very helpful. We'll be back next week with some new content. But in the meantime, don't miss out on the opportunity to learn more about how evidence-based decision-making can positively impact your life, finances, and business. Check out the event link in the show notes below to a Lunch and Learn that we're hosting on June 2nd at noon. We'll be joined by a prolific researcher, author, and speaker, Larry Swedro. So until next time, be well.